Welcome to Sophisticated Property Investing Podcast. Hey there, ladies and gents, and welcome to this episode of the Sophisticated Property Investment Podcast with me, your host, Frank Fleck. We are in the third and final episode in this series. If you haven't heard the first two episodes, you might want to go back and listen to those, or you might want to jump straight in at the millionaire mark. Because in the first episode of this series, I covered how I would go about building a sophisticated property investment portfolio if I had £20,000 in the bank. And that was Bob. Bob had £20,000 in the bank to invest in property. And I talked you through what I would do if I were Bob. Then in the next episode, we looked at Sophie. Sophie had £200,000 in the bank and she built herself or I coached her to build a sophisticated property investment portfolio with £200,000 in the bank. And in this episode, we're going to coach Fred. Obviously, these are imaginary people. It's just easier if they've got an imaginary name that I can talk about. So Fred has got £2 million in the bank. And this is a really important distinction because with £2 million in the bank, you are not investing in property. And this is the mistake people make. And if I'm honest, I've, I've spoken to people with a million pounds in the bank and they should be thinking more like Fred than Sophie, but they don't. They think like Sophie. And so if you have two million pounds in the bank, you don't want to put that money into properties. And that's the mistake people make. People think I've got two million pounds, I can go and buy 20, 100,000 pound properties cash. And by the way, that's not a bad move. It's not foolish. It will be relatively profitable over time. So that that will yield perhaps 10%. And you think, well, two million quid, that's gonna make me 200,000 pounds a year. That's, that's okay. And yes, it's okay. But it's nowhere near as profitable as it could be if they set up if Fred, and this is my advice to Fred, imaginary Fred that I'm coaching, I'm, imagine, I'm imagining myself coaching imaginary Fred. He shouldn't be in a hurry to get that money into property. And he is. I was talking to someone just last week and they're, they're like bursting to get them going with their property investing. And it's good to be bursting to get going with your property investing, not good to be bursting to get your money into property. And what I said to my associate, not a client actually, as an associate last week was, don't be in a hurry to put your money into property. Dolph de Roos says that the deal of the century comes about, comes around about once a week. And that's a really good maxim to live by in property investing because there are so many amazing deals out there. Don't be in a hurry to waste your cash flow and plow it, plow it into deals. Now it's easy to trick yourself into doing that because you got two million quid and if inflation's at 5%, you are losing a hundred thousand pounds a year in real purchasing power due to the erosion of that capital by inflation. So in real terms, you only have 1.9 million pounds in 12 months time. And in, in a, another year's time, you have 1.8 million pounds of buying power. And my, my associate had been sitting on a decent chunk of money for about four months. So he's thinking he's lost the equivalent of 35,000 pounds, a third of um, a year. And if it's 100 grand a year, then it's a lot of money. So I get that that's painful, 10,000 pounds a month in 
depreciation in real terms of your capital. You want it to start working hard for you, but don't be in a hurry for it to start working at 10% a year. Be in a hurry for it to start working at 50 to 100% return a year, which is absolutely possible if you're investing in a sophisticated manner. So if you're not investing in property, Frank, then what are you investing in? That's what I can imagine imaginary Fred asking. <laughs> so if that's the case, what should I be investing in? Well, you're actually going to be investing in building a sophisticated property investment business because there is no way if you do this properly, you can buy all the properties you can buy in a sophisticated manner. Now, just to recalibrate your thinking, let's do some numbers on this. So you've got to do marketing, you've got to do selling. So you're going to do marketing and get people to phone you. Then you're going to phone them back. Then you're going to sit in their front room. Then you're going to sign them up. Then you've got to do chain chasing and liaising with the solicitors. You've got to do financing. If you're going to buy these efficiently, you're going to get finance. You're not going to buy cash. You might buy cash and then refinance, but you've still got to work with financiers and lenders. And then you've got to work with letting agents to let, to let your properties. And then you're going to have to manage the letting agents on an ongoing basis. Let's do some numbers on how many properties you can do for with, with two million pounds. So if we go off average numbers, on average, it costs about £4,000 to do a sophisticated deal, whether it's control now, pay later or a BMV purchase, about £4,000 to find the person and do the deal with them, but in, in marketing cost. But you've got to pay stamp duty typically. And if it's not immediately because you're doing a control now, pay later, you typically pay it at some point. So let's count the stamp duty in. Let's just for ease of figures, say it's £100,000 property so that's three thousand pounds stamp duty then you've got legals and let's say it's two to three thousand pound legals because you're probably going to pay your legals and the other size legals and let's just say that on average there's a 500 pound refurb just to be just to be as an average figure so let's add all that up we've got four thousand pound in marketing two and a half thousand pounds in legals that's um six thousand five hundred pounds and then you've got three thousand pounds in stamp duty that's nine thousand five hundred pounds and five hundred pound refurb takes you to ten grand a property that is realistic you can you can buy properties for 10k all in we're doing a couple of those at the moment in fact we're buying some of them for a bit less because there's a bit more uh, juice in the deal but that's reasonable now that's if it's a control now pay later or a hundred percent finance with other people's money perhaps the vendor's money etc if you're putting deposit funds in then you're going to add probably another so if it's Let's say it's an £80,000 purchase price. You're going to need to put in £20,000 deposit. It's going to be a little bit less than that. So you're probably going to be putting in about an extra £18,000 of deposit, but your cash flow will be better. So that would take it to £28,000. So let's assume somewhere in the middle, let's say £15,000 of property, and we've got £2 million. Quid. So 133 properties. So you're going to buy 133 properties with your £2 million. And the reason I I've done that is because I'm cal recalibrating your thermostat for size of portfolio because a lot of people
people with two million pounds are going to think, well, I'll buy them cash and I'll buy 20, 20, 200, uh, 20, 100,000 pound properties, except that I'll have to pay stamp duty and legals. So actually, I'll probably end up with 15. So most people go from zero and work upwards and they're at 15. And I'm saying, no, no, no. If you're doing this in a sophisticated manner, you're going to buy 133 of these. And, and of course, by the time you've bought 133, the first ones you bought have earned you a ton of money. You're in a position to refinance them and you can keep going. So you should be buying about the same number that I've bought this year, actually. I've bought 60 this year. So well, by the end of the year, I'll have bought 60. So... Yeah, I reckon 60 to 75 a year is a reasonable number. And if you ramped it, and, and I, I haven't got two million pounds sat doing nothing in the bank, you know, I'm having to fund these acquisitions out of cash flow and out of other businesses. So I reckon 60 to 75 in your first year, and then you could build up and probably end up doing about 100 acquisitions a year, maybe even more if you built a decent team. And this is why I'm, I'm saying you need to build yourself a property investment company, not buy some property investments. So the first thing you need to do is bring in a sourcer. So I would, if I, and this is coaching Fred, imaginary Fred, I'd say to Fred, I'd say, Fred, you need to leverage yourself because a bit like Bob with his 20 grand, he had loads of time, but not enough money for the amount of time he had. Sophie was probably quite balanced. She had a decent amount of money, 200K and 15 hours a week. That's quite a good balance. Like she's not being held back by one or the other. But in this case, um, Fred has got two million pounds, but still only got 15 hours a week. That's not enough. It's nowhere near enough. He's only going to be able to do probably 20 properties a year probably not even that on 15 hours a week it'd be really hard really do you know what he couldn't he couldn't do if he only did sophisticated deals i think he'd run himself ragged doing one a month i just think he'd have a breakdown and so he needs to bring in some more time to support him so i would do what one of my clients has just done and bring in a full-time property sourcer we are actually training her for him so she's coming through our education already finding and the regular listeners will know she's already finding no money done deals bmv deals 50 to 100 percent roi deals really really hit the right ground running she's only about a few months now into uh, her employment so it, she's really rocking and rolling that's what i would do and i'm now helping some other clients to do that because we've proven the model so fred would bring a property saucer on that's probably going to cost 25 30 35 grand a year so quite a small amount of his two million depending on where he is in the country might be a bit cheaper might be a bit more expensive and i would just get her going now he's going to build a power team he's going to have his mortgage brokers and he's going to have his solicitors etc he can start buying those properties and be quite involved but quite soon he's going to and we're not trying and this is what the people sometimes do i've got two million pounds so i'm going to go buy some project properties no the worst thing you want to do is find a property you have to spend 50 grand on. And it's not because you haven't got the 50 grand. Bob didn't have the 50 grand. Sophie would have been crazy to put 50 grand into a refurb. So it's not about not having the money because Fred does have the money. But the mistake is the time it will take to refurbish that property 
in terms of the months, but also the number of man hours it will take for Fred or his property sourcer to manage the refurb. So we're still only, remember, average refurb here of 500 quid literally we're doing very little the, these properties and ideally buying some of them tenanted already <laughs> remember if you buy a tenanted property you've got you've already got an eicr in place there's already an epc at an eor or higher there's already a gas safety certificate if it's in a licensable area it's got a license that in and of itself has just saved you a thousand pounds so there's a lot of benefits i've actually had people say to me oh you don't want to buy a, a, a tenanted property and I, I i realize why people might say that but i disagree wholeheartedly if you do the right checks and i did a episode on this not too long ago actually about why i do like buying tenanted properties the benefits are are quite significant so as you are buying these properties and hopefully not doing loads of work to them you're going to need to tenant them really quickly and that's where depending on your goldmine area how close it is to you depending on how you feel about building a significant team i would be quite strongly leaning towards bringing in-house as an employee and experienced letting agent and it needs to be someone who's happy to do the viewings happy to meet with tenants happy to check the rents have come in um, they will love it because they're not having to communicate with landlords so half the issues in a letting agency come from the tenants and half of the headache comes from the landlords well if they're in-house working for you then they know they've just got a weekly team meeting with you and they can just report all the stats. They don't have to ask you for permission to spend 300 quid on a new shower. They don't have to jump through hoops proving that they're doing a good job because they already work for you and you know that they're working hard and looking after your properties really hard. So I would look to bring on an experienced, not a, not a novice, but an experienced letting agent who can make good judgment calls good decisions and manage your properties for you and the reason i do that is if you buy a hundred properties and they are worth a hundred grand each then you will be letting those out at perhaps 600 maybe 800 pounds a month so let's go in the middle at 700 that is 70 thousand pounds so i was just doing the mental mass Seventy thousand pounds a month well if you're paying 10 percent of that rent that is seven thousand pounds a month that you'll be paying to a letting agent well that's crazy seven thousand pounds a month is absolutely crazy so you can employ a really experienced letting agent for possibly half that maybe four thousand pounds a month four and a half thousand pounds a month you're gonna you're gonna save quite a lot of money you're also probably going to need to subscribe to Rightmove Plus. That's just over a thousand pounds a month. You're also going to need to subscribe to some property management software, but it's all going to be cheaper. And of course, that's only your first hundred properties. When you get your next hundred properties, now that's fourteen thousand pounds a month. You'd be paying your letting agents, and you're still probably managing that on one senior lettings person and one junior so it's probably still only going to cost you six thousand pounds a month or so so in terms of building your team you're going to need one property manager and one property sourcer and fred's going to manage the two of them that's how i would build this company initially and you might think oh that's quite expensive yeah it's, it's going to cost you six seven 
at an absolute push if you go for amazing people seven and a half eight grand a month but they will buy you so many really good properties and they'll manage them for you they will be paid for really quickly out of the properties they acquire for you and because you've got a two million pound pot it's okay to dip into it and you just have to see it a bit like marketing you know when you when you pay two thousand pounds for some leaflets it, it's okay if you don't get a deal in the first month because you're you know that statistically you're going to get deals later on it's the same with this you have to be okay investing in in your portfolio growth investing in bringing these properties on now you wouldn't bring the lettings person on in on day one you'd probably bring the sourcer on run with them for three four months get a couple of properties under your belt and then bring the letting agent in to start managing those and they can just then do all the systemization set everything up whilst you don't have loads of properties and then as you bring on more properties they are systemized and ready to to accept them and then you can bring the second lettings person on so that would be my first three hires you're probably going to get to those three people by the end of the first year and you're probably if you're rocking and rolling you're going to have 60 odd properties maybe 75 properties by the end of your first year that is really going at it and i wouldn't be surprised if you're only at 30 but you now had filled your pipeline and we're rocking and rolling and you've still got a ton of money in the bank because you're only putting an average of £15,000 into each property well 30 properties are going to make you decent money if they make you £200 per property per month that's a profit of six grand a month you're nearly at break even not quite because you've got marketing costs and software costs but you're not far off by the end of the first year and you and you've got 30 properties and you've still got the vast majority of your two million pounds now during that year i would use that two million pounds sensibly so i would either lend that money to entrepreneurs that got a track record of um, borrowing money at fixed interest rates so at the moment i'm borrowing money from some um people that have cash in the bank and i'm paying 12 percent 12 percent a year on that money um and in some cases i'm giving first charges on properties in all cases i'm giving personal guarantees and so it's a relatively safe investment for people so i would put some of that money in in with entrepreneurs at 12 percent and and obviously you do your due diligence etc but what i would also do is i'd put some of that money into fixed rate bonds because that's a safe way of um getting a, a fixed return you're not going to get 12 percent, but you might get eight percent in the current climate i'd also put some of that money into premium bonds there is a limit but i'd put it into premium bonds and i'd put some of it into your i'd put some of it into an index fund in the stock market because what we're doing here is we're diversifying that risk the worst thing you want is two million pounds in the bank because if the bank goes under which does happen you're only insured you're only guaranteed the first eighty-five thousand pounds back so i'd also look at the banks that you're using and make sure they are actually distinct banks because if you put eighty-five thousand pounds with three or four different banks you're insured four times so you get four times 85 grand rather than once and you might put 85 grand with coots and you might put 85 grand with natwest and you might put 85 grand with rbs royal bank of scotland but actually they're all owned by the same group 
they're in the same group of banks and so you'd only be insured once so you need to do a little bit of research it wouldn't be a bad idea to open an overseas bank account and put some money in an overseas bank account because if something happens to the uk banking system that gives you a bit of mitigation of that risk risk i would also put money into pressure precious metals so i would be putting some of your money into gold and silver because that is a hedge against the economy dropping and us going into recession typically gold in times of upheaval gold is a safe place for your money i would also put some of your money into bitcoin not to try and um play the market but just to have some money in bitcoin i'd have a hard wallet rather than a, a soft wallet so you can actually control it again that is safe because it mitigates against having it all in one bank account and you might be thinking that that sounds quite risky putting money into bitcoin and putting money into the stock market but these are the safest investments in those mediums so bitcoin is the safest cryptocurrency yes it goes up and down but so does everything that's fine we're going to leave it in for the long term until we need it we are investing in an index fund that's the safest type of investment in the stock market so one thing that all of those have in common is you can get your money back within hours and you might think well how do you get your money back in gold yeah you can sell gold there's a ready market for gold i'm not talking about two hours i'm talking about 48 hours 72 hours but you can get your money back really quickly in just a couple of days in all of those instances even your fixed rate bonds you can still take your money out of them you just get hit for a little bit of interest but that's okay because you're going to put it into a, a property that's going to earn you 50 to 100 percent roi so those investments we call those amber investments and and the thing that amber investments has in common have in common is their rapid access so you can get into them swiftly and they typically aren't controllable by you so you can't do something to impact on the return that you get you put it into a fixed rate bond and that's what you get you put it into the stock market and that's what the stock market does you buy gold gold goes up gold goes down you buy premium bonds you win you don't win there's an average roi on premium bonds you put your money into bitcoin it goes up it doesn't go up it goes down you can't really control your return but typically you'll get anything from five to ten percent return that's quite normal in amber investments if you're sensible about how you do them amber is where you want to put your money until you're ready to buy green investments which return you 50 to 100 percent annual return and that is your businesses leverage businesses and your sophisticated property investments and that is what we're talking about we're talking about putting the money into amber diversifying it across different amber investments until we are ready to put it into green investments until we're ready to buy these sophisticated no money down no money left in deals and that is how i would structure buying a portfolio if i was fred now if you look at the numbers on that portfolio fred will never run out of money unbelievable but let's say that he gets to the 133 properties those 133 properties let's just say that they return 200 pounds a month now they're probably going to return more because it's in-house management and there's economies of scale and they're going to be there's going to be high monetization there but let's just say it's 200 pounds a month that is a profit of 26,600 pounds per month times 12 months is 319,000 pounds profit i think with the economies of scale 
with the letting agents in-house, with the deals you can do with the banks, the lending you could get. I think that could be a half a million pound business within two years. Half a million pound profit per year. Cash, that's without all of the equity. Now, if you've put two million pounds equity into that, that portfolio and you're dropping 15,000 pounds on each property, there's 25,000 pounds discount in each property if you're following a sophisticated model. So two million pounds divided by 15,000 pounds times by 25,000 pounds is 3.3 million pounds. So not only are you getting between 300 and 500,000 pounds a year in positive cash flow, that's actual cash return on investment. That's a 25% return on investment annually. But also you've turned your 2 million pounds into 3.3 million pounds in net worth. You had 2 million pounds in the amber in cash and other rapid access assets. And you turned that into 3.3 million pounds of equity that's growing. 3.3 million pounds of equity that's growing and throwing off 300 to 500,000 pounds a year. That is what you can do if you approach investing cash, large lumps of cash from a business perspective rather than a buying property perspective. And the difference is 133 properties, 3.3 million pounds in net worth, 300 to 500,000 pounds a year in profit, cash profit, without selling any of the properties, compared to having 15 properties that are going to make you, because there wouldn't be any lending on them because you'd have bought them cash. Um, so unsophisticated, traditional Fred would have bought 15 properties that are probably going to net him 500 pounds per property per month. So that's 5,000 pounds six thousand seven seven and a half thousand pounds a month which is eighty thousand pounds a year so 15 properties own cash 15 properties going up in value 15 properties of equity so 15 properties of a hundred thousand pounds is 1.5 million so eighty odd thousand pound profit a year and 1.5 million in equity because of course you've paid all the stamp duty and the acquisition costs that's the difference compared to 3.3 million pound in net worth £300,000 minimum cash flow per year. That's the difference. And that's how, and if you just look at that, just look at those numbers, that is well over in that year, let's say £300,000 plus the um, 3.3 million, that's a £1.6 million growth on 2 million. That's what, an 80% return? 80% return? It's phenomenal what you can make with a significant pot of cash when you know what you're doing. And if you're sat there and you've got a pot of cash and you think, ah, oh, I'd love to do that. Those numbers are amazing. And by the way, I've used the extreme to illustrate a point. You wouldn't necessarily buy them all no money down. You'd perhaps buy some of them unencumbered, but you'd use these techniques, these strategies to earn better than the 10% that we were talking about. And if you want to upskill yourself, if you want to learn how to do this, regardless of whether you're Bob, whether you're Sophie, or whether you're Fred, or in similar situations to them, if you want to learn how to achieve these kind of results in property, just get in touch. Just drop me an email, f.fleg at ethicalpropertypartners.com, and we can, we can have a chat about how best I can help you. I do one-to-one -one coaching now with new clients. I do an initial two-hour coaching session where I go through everything. There's a pre-session questionnaire, and then we sit down and I coach them on what I would do if I was in their situation. 
just like we've done for Bob and Sophie and Fred. And so if that's of interest to you, then get in touch. We can get you booked in. We can see how much money we can make you over the next 12 months. I hope you've enjoyed this mini-series. If you would like me to do other mini-series on other topics, please do get in touch and let us know. If you have questions regarding this mini-series or if you are in the position of Bob or Sophie or Fred, then do ask those questions and I will answer them in a future episode. Until next time. Happy investing. Sophisticated property investing. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing now.